Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with the executive editor of Newsbusters, your host, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the offices of Newsbusters, where we believe Americans deserve to be told the truth. Because we believe in America and not the media. Because we expose how our journalistic elites are the propaganda arm of the left. And don't you forget it. Joining me on this latest journey through the muck in the media is our own Kevin Tober, news analyst, staff writer, Rutgers graduate. Welcome. That's Reverend Tim. Yes, we're at the end of August. We're just a month away from Kevin Toberfest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we, we wanted to talk today about something Kevin noticed first and everybody else followed later. And that is uh, back on August 7, the House Republicans had a hearing with family members of the 13 Americans who died in Afghanistan in what they called the Abbey Gate bombing, mm-hmm. um, part of the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, a Biden scandal, but something they don't like to talk about. This hearing on August 7, Fox News carried the hearing live in the afternoon. And then if you missed that, they had a full recap during special report. But as you reported, Kevin, all three evening newscasts did nothing. That's kind of embarrassing. I mean, what what possible defense do you think they could offer? Uh, they're too busy covering weather reports and uh, other, you know, a car fire in, you know, Kentucky or a uh, water main break in New York City, which is yeah, I mean, a national newscast. Isn't this, it? this is the way we do it. We'll get to your, uh, you did do this last night in your report uh, on what they covered instead. It's always fun to say what they covered instead. Now, people may think that's cheesy because we're often talking about stories they do like 20 minutes in. Um, But those are the ones that are, you could put on any other night pretty much. Yeah. And I'm, you know, if they put it 20 minutes, if they put the Gold Star families 20 minutes in, we would... Obviously, that would be kind of outrageous too. But at least, at least you could say they covered it. Like it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, and and most people are still watching twenty minutes in. You know, when I was a kid, I used to watch the evening news. But I was such a nerd that the minute they got to, and now the you know the behavior of the yak. You know, whatever they would go, whatever Chelsea Clinton used to cover as an NBC reporter, and now llama farming. Uh, that I was out. I didn't want. I didn't want the filler. I didn't want the human interest material. Mrs. Graham thinks I'm, I don't like humans because I don't like human interest stories. Yeah, I hate the stories too. You know. <laughs> this news junkies, yeah, maybe we're just a little twisted, but it's like, oh, they they got a child out of a well. Well, that's nice. Good for you. Well, yeah, if I want to feel good about the world, I'm not going to watch the news. So, Yes, my wife likes Hoda Kotb's Morning Boost. Let's see the three-year-old kid who tastes queso for the first time. See, they got time for that. Yeah. Gold Star Moms, not so much. Uh, Now, part of this, obviously, as Fox reported back then, the parents of uh, of the lost soldiers are calling for Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Joint Chiefs Chairman uh, Mark Milley to resign. Nobody thinks that'll happen. I mean, their point was, 
nobody up and down the command structure is really punished for the fiasco that was what the uh, Afghanistan withdrawal. Now, some internal uh, developments. Then on August 15, MRC founder and President L. Brent Bozell III sent a letter to the network news presidents, three of the network news presidents, and he said, Gold Star families are being disrespected by the country their children died for. What could be more important to cover on your network than this? He asked for them to respond by Monday, August 21. No one did. Nope. I wouldn't say that's surprising. No. But, uh, you know, they're going to say, we don't have to respond to the Media Research Center. We have no respect for news busters, just like they don't have any respect for us. Yeah. So last night... NBC Nightly News comes on, and we're like, hey, there's Ryan Nobles. Another hearing. He did a story that let some of these parents complain about Biden, and then he matched it with some clip of Biden that wasn't from yesterday, um, and uh, some Pentagon staffer on defense for Biden. So, hey, they, they they gave the Gold Star families their due, and then they balanced it out with what we might consider the the wrong side, the wrong side of history. They withdrew from Afghanistan and made a muck. Uh, uh, but you reported ABC and CBS did not do it, but ABC reported on, hey, Amazon's raising its purchase minimum to qualify for free shipping. I think it used to be 50 bucks. Yeah, they. Ra- I think they're raising it again. That's what the report was. Well, that's if you don't have the prime. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, CBS had to cover a water main break in Times Square. In other words, something happened in our backyard. Yeah. Or something. I mean, I, well, CBS is on West 57th. Maybe that's a little bit away from Times Square. But it's still, it's local news. I'm sorry. Hate to break it to you, CBS. Yeah. That's local news. No. The rest of us don't care there was a water main break. You're not going to cover a water main break in North Dakota. So why do it in New York City? Precisely. So, I mean, I, I, I just have to guess. These people don't want to do stories that make Biden look bad. Yep. And they just use the fill time. And- it, it, yeah. So they'll do anything. Yeah. On Fox, Cheryl Rex, who lost her son, Marine Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, said, What Biden could have done was not talk about his son when it was about my son and the other 12 that day is they certainly don't want to talk about when they when he talked to them, he went right to Bo Biden, like his son dying of brain cancer is like them being blown up. Yeah. I mean, it's so tone deaf. This is the that's what they don't want to cover. No, or I'm looking at his watch or. Ah, good point. So two years ago, uh, the the RNC research account on Twitter has always yep. got the goods on Biden. Oh, yeah, they're a great account. Joe Biden shamelessly checks his watch during the dignified transfer of the 13 service members killed in his botched Afghanistan withdrawal. They also noted Biden has never said the names of those fallen heroes out loud. And that's some that's the sort of thing where it's like, that's not that hard to do once. Yeah. You know, why hasn't he done it? And I think one of the answers, Kevin, is the news media is not going to make him. No, they're not. And yeah, I mean, you could, argue, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he's not going to be able to even remember their names. Well, you have one of the staff members just yeah. put a piece of paper and he'll. He's got a piece of paper or a teleprompter. Maybe he's worried, they're worried he'll miss 
mispronounce their names or something. Probably. Or he'll, you know, again, they check his watch while the bodies are being unloaded. I mean, this is one of those things that uh, what I remember from that time was the fact checkers jumped in. A guy named Daniel Funky at USA Today, formerly of PolitiFact, tweeted out, a viral photo makes it look like President Biden checked his watch during a ceremony honoring U.S. service members oh killed God. in Kabul. But that's misleading. No, it wasn't. Funky did this without video. He didn't have any video. Yeah. He just jumped on the whole. He just assumed it was just taken out of context, the picture. They just assume it's anti-Biden, therefore it can't be true. I mean, that's, that is the reflexes, the knee jerks. Unreal. Of the jerks who are fact checkers, and then they had to come back the next day and go, oops, we didn't have the video. Um, but that's that's embarrassing, and that's and this is the sort of thing, though. I don't know. Do you remember, did anybody cover him looking at his watch? I don't think that was a news story. Everything that might embarrass Biden is generally not a news story. Just yeah. like we were talking about when he said no comment about Maui, nobody covered that. Nope. Your job every night is, what did they not cover again? Yeah. <laughs> right? I feel like my headlines are getting stale. Nets ignore this. Nets ignore that. Like, Fox had it. Networks ignore. Yeah. Because negative things about Biden, well, that's for Fox. It's terrible. Uh, also, almost two years ago today, the RNC research fellas had this one. August 24, 2021. As thousands of Americans remain stranded in Afghanistan, Jin Saki says she couldn't describe the withdrawal as, quote, anything but a success, unquote. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, the videos never really come back unless it's the, the RNC Twitter yeah, account. Or I mean, us, yeah. It's just... We're not going to count on Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel to yeah. drag those ones out. Or any of those, no. They have a podcast coming now. They were all delighted today that they're going to do a podcast. So yeah. oh. we were like, oh, Alex Christie, who's been the late night comedy guy, hasn't had anything to do. Well, maybe yeah. now he'll have to listen to that mess. Good luck uh, to them. Yeah, it's like, guess what? Oof. You haven't been missed. I mean, we know they were probably going insane that they, you know, they missed all the indictments. Yeah. They haven't been able to do comedy on yeah. all of Trump's travails. Now we should, as we wrap up the Afghanistan section, I should note our Curtis Hauk is is reading a book by his friends Jerry Dunleavy and James Hassan called Kabul, the untold story of Biden's fiasco and the American warriors who fought to the end. Those guys aren't getting on the networks. No, it's won't see them on PBS or NPR. Nope. Now, when you go to Amazon, it tells you that this book is frequently bought alongside. The book on Tucker by Chadwick Moore. Which I have. Yes. So, have you have you dug into that? A little bit here and there, yeah. Just when I get time. I'm also, uh, it was also bought alongside Mark Levin's new book, The Democrat Party Hates America. <laughs> I'm going to get into that one. Yeah. In the near future. Um, we were talking about this yesterday, Kevin. It's like, you know, we, we go through this round every year when, or when Mark has a book and we'll say, the New York Times didn't review it because they never do. It'll yeah. be number one on the New York Times bestseller list yeah. for like eight weeks. And it will be again, I'm sure. And they won't. If yeah. I, if it isn't already. I, I honestly, well, and obviously, yeah, it's a bestseller at Amazon beforehand. I, you know, I, honestly, I think this one has more appeal than some of the other ones. You know, I like the book American Marxism, but that's a little, that's a harder sell 
you know, for the liberals to comment on. I think something called the Democrat Party Hates America just begs for them to get in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they will, but I, I think that book is going to be something that they're going to have to deal with the idea. Oh, we don't hate America. Well, look, we have kind of made a point here at the MRC to focus on anti-Americanism. And one of the ways they show that they think America is a terrible place is when we have like this mass shooting in Jacksonville and um, crazy white man shoots three blacks dead. (laughs) And what makes everybody suggest the media and the Democratic Party hates America is, you know, they CNN's got hate in America and big words on screen. But we've been doing quite a bit on this about how they've somehow tried to to drag Ron DeSantis into this and to say that some crazy white guy shoots three black people and let's blame it on Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah. You Several networks had time for that. Yeah, of course. And I don't know if you saw like you know, yesterday and a little bit today that taking apart DeSantis's comments to calling the shooter a scumbag. Yeah, that and, was the weirdest thing because they said, well, you didn't call him a racist. You called him a scumbag. Well, they're both negative. Yeah, aren't racist also? Uh, Scumbag is yeah. basically saying somebody's a piece of ass. Yeah. Except maybe a piece of a bag full of sperm. That's what scumbag's supposed to mean. Okay. I don't know how you get upset at he only said scumbag. I don't, I don't I'm just befuddled by the, the, the this is how desperate they are to have some yeah. sort of anti-DeSantis thing. But you know, we've we've been doing this all over the place. Uh Curtis did this thing that the two a- the AP reporters said, you know, DeSantis dismissed the NAACP concocting a travel advisory, f- you know, that blacks were unsafe in Florida. And then they were like, now what does he say? You know, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I think the thing that upsets me uh, in the in the main is that, yes, whites are shot every day in America. Blacks are shot every day in America. And CNN which made a big deal out of this. Uh, Hot Air made the point that a black guy shot four of his white neighbors dead. Nobody's going to connect that to anything. They're not going to connect it to the mayor of Atlanta. You know, they're not going to connect it to Joe Biden. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, you know, I made this point in my syndicated column. If, if an illegal alien comes into America and shoots people dead, they're not going to say, well, obviously that's Joe Biden's lack of border control. You know, and I would tell you that's not fair to Biden. It, you could, I think, draw a firmer line between no border control and, and that, nor border control and fentanyl deaths. Yeah. There's, that's a stronger line than Biden's, or uh, Ron DeSantis said, let's not teach white kids that they're guilty. And they all say, well, you clearly favor killing black people. I, I don't even get the logic of any of that. No. And we had Franco Ordonez at the White House asking uh, Biden aides and Karine Jean-Pierre, but this other Biden guy was standing there, uh, you know, is there any connection, you know, between the shooting and what DeSantis did about teaching African-American history? You know, now, when I was in the White House press corps many years ago, I always was a well-behaved person because I was representing a Christian magazine, so I was, I tried not, I said, if I'd been there during, under a Democrat president and that this kind of thing, I was just like, 
Oh, come on! <laughs> From row six. I can picture that. <laughs> I mean, it's just Franco Ordonez. This is a guy, Kevin, who like travels to Guatemala with Kamala Harris and kisses her ring. You know, yeah, um, just like the other NPR White House reporter, Asma Khalid, interviews Kamala Harris at Christmas and like, oh, Queen Kamala, please tell us how wonderful you are. You know, that's that's NPR, you know, for this. Yeah. And we are paying for this. Exactly. You know, there's, you know, gee, why isn't Ron DeSantis giving interviews to PBS and NPR? Because he's not crazy. But this is, you know, they, they put on these. CNN and NPR put on these guys from the local NAACP, and they're all like, yeah, you know, fix trying to fix the history is the type of hate that can, spurs you to shoot people at the Dollar General. Yeah. You know, and then Juana Summers at least said to the guy, well, DeSantis denounced the killing. And he goes, yeah, but he's still, I'm still associated with, him with Nazis. You know, that's your NAACP. How nice. So, um, yeah, now we're going into the hurricane season here, and uh, it does look at this late date in the afternoon that uh, that the hurricane is not as fierce as we were were fearing. Yeah, but even this morning, DeSantis holds a briefing, and Morning Joe's all like, "Well, it's time to put politics aside. Let's go live to the briefing." And a reporter says, "Trump hasn't commented on the hurricane. Are you gonna oh are you gonna God. denounce Trump?" <laughs> I didn't hear that. I didn't see that. I missed, missed that this morning. Oh, yeah. So it's they can't stop. They can't give it a break. So the question is: Yes, is this the usual liberal reporter in Florida, or is it like, Psst, hey, ask DeSantis about Trump being terrible on the hurricane? I mean, the reality is, is that they have noticed that Trump hasn't tweeted about the hurricane or truth or whatever you call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I guess there, there's no juice in that. You know. There's no juice in denouncing a hurricane. The hurricane does what a hurricane does. Yep. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, clearly, um, one of the appeals that people have with DeSantis is that he's tried very hard to be the, the guy who governs in an emergency. And you certainly remember after the hurricanes took out Sanibel and those islands, the yeah. fact that they rebuilt the bridge over there. My wife loves Sanibel. She used to go there with her college gal pals. And uh, um, they rebuilt that bridge in no time so that people could get over there. Yeah, that it didn't take long at all. It was So, I mean, look, one of the things the liberals always do to, to uh, conservatives is suggest that they hate government so much that they can't govern. Um, and, you know, I would say the counterargument to that is the liberals are so cocky about how much they love government, they assume they don't have to be competent because they love government. Yeah. Yeah, it's just no matter how incompetent, it's all oh, government's good government. Well, and yeah, you don't have to be competent because you have the liberal media to cover your tracks, right? When you Precise. don't, when you don't perform. Uh, all right, I wanted to go into uh, what's been hot on conservative Twitter this week. Now we all know and deplore the left-wing agitators who block highways and glue themselves to gallery walls in the name of the planet. We're all going to die. I am old enough to remember when they said, we'll be in desperately bad shape by the year 2000. <laughs> yeah, I remember, he- I remember reading about a Time Magazine cover that said Ice Age coming. 
in the seventies. Yes, yeah. yes. In fact, the we have a, a, if you dig around in the uh, in the ghetto of the MRC.org website. Oh no, he said the word ghetto. All right, <laughs> in the backwoods of the MRC website, f- figuratively. Yeah. Uh, we yeah we did a whole report on how the news being in the seventies uh, warned of a global cooling. Yeah, they were. That was the that was the trend. How did that work out? Yeah, and then and then uh, right around eighty eight, I got married in nineteen eighty eight, and that summer there was a big drought, and then that, that's when the whole global warming thing kicked in. But it wasn't very long before, yeah, NBC was doing these. You'll have to tie your boat to the Washington Monument, you know, kind of panic things. And th- yeah, they're never held accountable for those, but. Uh, the, the, the conservative video that went around this week, I mean, it's not a conservative video, but it's a conservative delighting video, is a, uh, a pickup truck from the, the Rangers. Well, they're actually tribal police. They, they ran over or pushed aside a, some cart that they blocked the road with. And, uh, and of course, the, the, the left-wingers, the Greens, were totally disgusted. But what you found was, yes... These were actually Native American tribal police, and they were trying to clear traffic for the Burning Man Festival. I mean, the comedy of that. Yeah. You've got Native American cops busting up a standoff between two tribes of white progressives. That's what uh, uh, David Burge tweeted. It was straight up comedy gold. You would think the left would be excited about it. Now we're going to tell people, Kevin Tober needs your help. Uh, he was suspended from Twitter. Uh, here's what Kevin said. He should have just run them over, do it once, and the word will spread. No one will block the road again unless they have a death wish. So we all said, if you'd left out the word death, Kevin, <laughs> you were suspended for violent speech. So, yes, we all want to see if we can get this fixed. Uh, I assume that at some point we will. And then I, what I want to do is go find all the lefties saying terrible things that don't get suspended. Yeah. Uh, but when this happened, I said to Kevin, you know, I feel the same way, sort of. I don't feel proud of it. But I just have an almost irrational loathing of people who feel like they can block the commute in, in D.C., you know, for miles and miles. Yeah. Or vandalize an artwork just to get attention, or, or you know. I it, mean, ha- it happened on the Beltway. Uh, yeah, if I recall, a few maybe a few months ago or it's, so. It's. I think it happened just a few days ago. There's this account on Twitter now called Enviros Taking L's. So that's one way if you want to see the videos here. I, yeah, I had to take it in small doses because I really do get angry. Because you always say to yourself, "Well, what is the logical punishment for this kind of crime?" Yeah. Um, and they'd say, "Well, it's mostly peaceful." Well, it's not going to be mostly peaceful if you block. Th- you know, three miles of traffic, people are going to, yeah. they're going to get angry. Uh, and so I think for the most part, the news media do not cover this issue because no. they know it's infuriating. Yeah. It's counterproductive. You know, you have... Uh, they know there's no people who don't like it. I mean, that's, you know, especially doing a D.C. area. I mean, most people around this area are sympathetic to your environmental cause and you're just going to make them late work and upset them and that's going to turn them off. Yeah, I mean, what if you're 
picking up your child. If it's in the afternoon, you have to go pick up your child. You have things to do. You have yeah. work to get to. Yep. People get very angry. You know, this latest video on this Twitter account was people coming and tearing their signs out of their hands and this sort of thing. Sometimes they drag them off the road. Yeah, I think I saw a video like that. They have a habit of going and sitting right back down. You know, so this is the sort of thing. It's like, to me, it's like, look, if you're going to take these January 6th suspects and put them in jail for a month, I say we take the climate protesters and say, oh, you think this is cute? Blocking traffic in D.C.? Jail for a month. Glue yourself to the floor of the jail cell, pal. There you go. Uh, I, I honestly think the right answer is when these people glue themselves to the wall or the floor, you go, okay, have a nice night. Click. Was that, was that you who said that to me recently? Oh, I always think. I think somebody in one of these events, they literally did that. They let the guy sit there for like 18 hours and soil himself because he glued himself to the floor. Like at an auto show. Yeah, someone said to me recently that that would be a good punishment for them. Well, I mean, what? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and so, yes, I end up sounding like a jerk, but I'm not as much of a jerk as these people. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, as uh, Jesse Waters said, they've been reduced to tantrums, throwing oil at priceless works of art, cannonballing into Italian fountains. That's the Trevi Fountain in Rome. Yeah. And, of course blocking traffic. Uh, the one that I remember recently here in D.C. was they they try, they defaced a case holding a sculpture at the National Gallery of Art in D.C. And the scandal there was the Washington Post had been tipped off. So two reporters from the Post came and recorded and photographed the crime in progress. Um, and yeah, even, even environmental reporters were like, that's crossing the line into just providing PR for these people. Yeah. Uh, the, the two people who did this were members of the group Declare Emergency, part of a coalition of activist groups bankrolled by the Climate Emergency Fund. See, this is the other thing is I would actually literally say, let's drag the Climate Emergency Fund into court and fine them for funding this illegal activity. I don't know exactly. I'm not enough of a lawyer to say how you could you know, how you could charge somebody for funding illegal activity, for, you know, for enabling people yeah, that's not, to commit crimes. I don't see how that's a would be a problem. And, of course, people like Chelsea Handler fund the Climate Emergency Fund. So she can go glue herself to her wall at home and not bother any of the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, the other news of today that was sort of breaking was that uh, – the Fox business debate moderators were named. So they have Stuart Varney, mm. which is fun. They have yeah. Dana Perino. Oh, good. And then uh, a lady whose name I can't recall right now from Univision. Uh, but she was co-anchoring with, uh, with Ramos, Jorge Ramos. So let's guess. She's a typical lib. Oh, man. So this is our first episode of Who Let the Lib Into the Moderating of a Republican Debate. Yeah. Oof. So we will be uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Is there anything else that you have been looking forward to to bashing? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for I'm looking to that third uh, a third moderator from the Yeah, and I I I I'm sure Jorge Bonilla uh, Yeah, I was going to say will, will tip Jorge Bonilla and he can he knows he he's studied Univisio and he'll know, you know what this what this lady does. But uh, you know, 
it doesn't bode well. You know, it's not to say that people from that network can't ask a decent question, but generally, in our experience with presidential debates, they they bring these um, they bring these moderators like Ho- Jose Diaz Ballard a few years ago. Yeah. You're coming in to ask the amnesty for illegal aliens question, and then you get then you're like, thanks for coming. Yeah, you know, it's like. <sighs> Do you have to be that predictable? <laughs> the only thing the Latinos care about is illegal immigration. They're for it. I mean, when is Sean Handy you'd be able to host a Democrat primary, presidential primary debate? That's what I want to know. I mean, when, if all these left wing. When hell freezes over, yeah, I think I is the answer. Yes. Well, no, the better question, Kevin, is will there be a Democrat debate in this cycle? Oh, no. And, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, in they, generally. They all assume, I remember Tamara Keith saying this on PBS, they're all like, oh, no, 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 there's not going to be any debates. You know, and, and that's allowed. Because, can't let RFK Jr. get in there. Yeah. And then, Kevin, there's Marianne Williamson who's actually complaining, I can't get interviewed on television. It's like, guess what? You're running in a primary against a Democrat incumbent. Yeah. You'd have to basically be Ted Kennedy, you know, when he ran against Carter. They're all upset about that. Cornell West, who's apparently going to run, or is threatening to run a third party, Cornell West is not going to get interviews. Yeah, Is that where you think this comes from, that they're still bitter that Ted Kennedy cost Jimmy Carter the... Well, I mean, let's not say Jim, Ted Kennedy did that, because Reagan would have beat Carter anyway. But like in there, their mind, you think that's why they're... But there's that idea. It's the same way they felt in 2000 that if Ralph Nader hadn't been on the ballot, that Gore would have won Florida, which that's a lot more plausible than that somehow... You know, Teddy ruined it for Jimmy. Yes, yeah. Jimmy had made such a mess out of everything between inflation and the hostage crisis yeah. that, yes, he had made a mess of it. But uh, the reality is it weakens an incumbent. Having a really serious challenger yeah. weakens an incumbent. We can go back to Pat Buchanan challenging George H.W. Bush in 92. Yep. Uh, so, again, these people are all pundits, and they all— they're also protective of the Democrats. They want to ward off all the possible challenges. So they hate the no labels people. They hate RFK Jr. They're not going to let Williamson bring her new age guru stuff because this is what they do. You know, and yes, and so on the Republican side, it's all let's promote Chris Christie. And now they're all liking Nikki Haley, which is going to make Kevin especially angry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There, 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 some of you there, people, there's a sign just, there. That's a sign. That some of you people just don't like Nikki Haley. Oh, she just comes across as phony to me. I don't know. Yes, I think uh, my boy Ben was when she got up and said, "You know, women get things done. Men just talk about it." Yeah. Well, like, what was that? I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. That was that was a low point of what, the what, entire debate. Yeah. What if a man said, "You know, women just talk about things. Men get things done." How would that come across? We all know how yeah. that would be trashed Oof. yeah that's exactly the problem is yeah. you can be you can be a female sexist and you can be a racist of color those are those things are acceptable i guess yeah well i am out of here for a little while i am driving in wisconsin with my boy ben to see my mom and the brothers and the sisters and the brewers maybe i'll post a few highlights on twitter this should in no way discourage any of you from grabbing your phone or your laptop or your desktop. Well, don't grab desktop. <laughs> but go to Newsbusters once, once twice, 24, 24 times, times a day. day. We'll see you.